Hello, friend. As we begin today, I have an invitation for you. You see, Bible Tracks Incorporated is hosting an open house at our brand new building. Now, it's not quite a grand opening of our new building because there will still be some things that need fixed and some trim and doors hung and all of those things. We are actually working on the renovation project of this a phenomenal new-to-us building right now. But we want you folks to see it. We are so excited about what God has done for us, and I want to invite you, November 13th, that's a Saturday, from 1 to 5 p.m., there'll be food, fun, and fellowship. Come join us, Odell, Illinois, 603 West Prairie Street in Odell, Illinois. If you have any questions, send an email to this email address, openhouse at bibletracksinc.org. Again, openhouse at bibletracksinc.org. Dot org. We would absolutely love to see you there. Everyone is welcome. Please consider putting it on your calendar. In all sincerity, we would love to see you there. Again, if you have questions, open house at BibleTractsInc.org. Now, before we begin our Bible study, we're going to talk about a gospel tract for just a moment. You can prepare yourself for the Bible study by turning in your Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. We're going to learn a few things from this particular chapter that I think might be a help to you today. I have in my hand a gospel tract. It's one of our titles that I most recommend to folks that they have family members and friends that are caught up in cults or false religions, and they ask, which gospel track should I use? And this one I'm holding called Do You Know For Sure is one that I highly recommend for circumstances like that. It's one of our longer gospel tracks, though it's not excessively wordy, but it really does a great job of getting into detail and talking about some of the finer things of the Bible that might help convince, by the Holy Spirit's help, someone that is caught up in a falsehood. You can go to our website, BibleTracksInc.org, and you can order this gospel track today. BibleTracksInc.org. Order Do You Know For Sure for free. We'll ship it to you for free as well. We have a lot to discuss in our Bible study, so turn to 2 Samuel chapter number 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. Are you there? Here we go. Verse 1 says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. Now we're going to look at really the first 15 or so verses of this chapter, and we're going to look at some things that you and I can learn that we can apply to our life today. Now, for context's sake, you may recall that just prior to this chapter in the Bible, David had made a colossal error in judgment. And to be honest with you, that's a really soft way of saying he had made a massive mistake. He had sinned against God and other people, and David was about to be called on the carpet. Nathan shows up and begins this anecdote, this illustration, this story, and David is listening intently. You see, David had not only slept with another man's wife, 
But then to cover his tracks because it became known to him that the woman let him know that she was with child as a result of that union, to cover his tracks, he endeavored to and succeeded in having her husband killed. Because he was king, he had the ability to surreptitiously, to subtly, to be very sneaky about this situation and to cover his tracks, or so he thought. He thought that men wouldn't realize what was going on, but God did, and God sent his man, Nathan. Now, let me preface this entire account and preface this entire week of broadcasting with this statement. There are people listening to me right now that are in a mess. There are people that, whether it's of your own making or not, you are dealing with some circumstances of life that you wish you could go back in time and change this week on the Bible Tract Echoes is for you. Because we see here, first of all, that David is in a mess. Have you ever been in a mess? Now, I mentioned there are probably some under the sound of my voice that are in a mess right now. But can you remember what it was like as a kid when you got yourself into a mess? You know, the cliche a situation got caught with your hand in the cookie jar or maybe your dad said when he left for work in the morning I want you to mow the lawn before I get home and you got caught up with all kinds of different things and you hear his car coming down the street and you look out and you think oh no I completely forgot or you got put in a situation where you said something you should not have said. You uttered some words that you knew would get you in trouble later on. Regardless, remember that sinking feeling in your gut when you were a kid and you got yourself into a mess? Can I tell you, unfortunately, it doesn't matter what your age is, we can still get ourselves into messes. But here's what I'm so glad to convey to you today. And if there's only one thought that we talk about today, it's this. God's ministry to man seems to be messes. Do you realize that of the billions upon billions upon billions of people that have ever existed, that have ever taken a breath in this world, not a single one except for Jesus Christ, who is a little unfair of a comparison because he was 100% God and 100% man, everyone else besides Jesus Christ has at some point been a mess. We, all of us, none of us are perfect. And once we realize, now that is not some call, that is not some excuse, that is not some reason for you and I to be less perfect, to be less righteous than we ought to be. But can I tell you, we can try and try and try, but we'll never be perfect. But thankfully, God still loves us. I'm reminded of the verse in James chapter 4, verse 6, but he giveth more Grace. I'm so glad about that. But let's let's talk through the Bible and talk about some of the messes that God was willing to use men and women in spite of. For instance, how about Adam? The very first man, he was a blame shifter who couldn't resist the peer pressure of his wife. You can find that account in Genesis 3.12. How about Eve, the first woman? couldn't control her appetite, and should we say, maybe had the first eating disorder. I say that a little tongue-in-cheek. That's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. How about Cain, 
the first natural-born human being realized that Adam was formed of the dust of the ground and God miraculously brought Eve about by a rib from Adam. But Cain, the first natural-born human being, murdered his own brother. Can I tell you, humanity was not off to an auspicious start. Let's continue on. What about Noah? The last righteous man on earth, as the Bible described him, after the flood, was a drunk who slept in the nude. Genesis chapter 9, verses 20 and 21. Abraham, the man we call the forefather of our faith, let other men walk off with his own wife on two different occasions. Genesis 12 and chapter 20. Sarah recommended her husband sleep with another woman and then hated her for it. Genesis chapter 16. How about Lot? who lost his father early in life and had a serious problem with choosing the wrong company. How about Job, who history tells us might have been a contemporary of Abraham and a man that we call the epitome of faith, suffered from the nagging of a faithless wife in Job chapter 2 verse 9. Isaac, who was nearly killed by his own father, talked his wife into concealing their marriage. Rebecca, the first quote-unquote male-order bride, turned out to be a rather manipulative wife. Jacob, who wrestled with God, was pretty much a pathological deceiver and liar. Genesis chapter 25, 27, and 30. Are you getting the hint yet? That God can still do amazing things with us, with you, with people who oftentimes find themselves smack dab in the middle of a mess. But we're not done yet. Reuben, the pride and firstborn of Jacob, was a pervert who slept with his father's concubine. Moses, the humblest man on the face of the earth, had a very serious problem with his temper. Aaron, who watched Jehovah God triumph over Pharaoh and the combined might of Egypt, formed an abominable idol during apparent episode of attention deficit disorder, or perhaps colossal amnesia about the greatness of God and decides to create a golden calf. Exodus chapter 32. Miriam, the songwriter, had sibling jealousy and agreed for power. Numbers chapter 12. Samson who put Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura to shame, was hopelessly enmeshed with a disloyal woman and ended up taking his own life in Judges 16. Eli, a priest who God gave the care of Israel, was a hopelessly incapable father who lost his own sons to immorality and to an untimely death, 1 Samuel. Saul, the first and a powerful king of Egypt, head and shoulders above everyone else, full of charisma, was apparently a psychotic with manic bursts of anger, episodes of deep depression, and traces of paranoia. And you think that God can't use you. That brings us to David, the friend of God, the Bible tells us, who concealed his own adultery with a murder. Understand, that only puts us in 2 Samuel. There are so many more messed up people in the Bible if we continue on. But I'm so glad that God's ministry is messes. I'm so glad that he loves me enough that he would overlook my faults, overlook my sin, and he would offer the shed blood of Jesus Christ to conceal my sin, to take as far as the east is from the west, and to give me access to go to heaven when I die if I'll just accept 
accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm so glad that God's ministry is messes. Here's a question for you. What mess are you going through right now that you think is so big that God can't handle it? What do you think you have done that is so egregious, so horrible that God can't forgive it? God's ministry is messes. The sooner we realize that, the sooner we will be usable by God. Just like all these I listed and the dozens more I could have, God can and wants to use you. The only issue is we often don't want to be used by him. Let me encourage you. Don't consider your messes too big for God to clean up. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. And you, and you, and you, and you. Greatly appreciate you listening today. Join us tomorrow as we continue this thought. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.